We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the Casey Laboratory, and today's podcast is brought to you by Emprise Bank. We all know that when Andy Reid wins, he goes out and gets his favorite cheeseburger to celebrate that win. Now you can too, and you can make it be on Emprise Bank with 2% checking cash back. You can go and do that for yourself. Visit EmpriseBank.com to sign up for that. Emprise Bank member FDIC. We thank Emprise Bank so, so, so much for sponsoring this podcast each and every week. We really appreciate them. We love that they've joined us. And I love that my good friend, Maddie Lane, has joined me as well. You can find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Go follow him there. He's got good stuff. But Maddie, how are we doing today, my friend? Well, I'm good. We are, as recording this, we are exactly about two weeks, not exactly about, exactly two weeks away from Chiefs training camp starting. But after listening to you talk now, I'm hungry. I want a really good cheeseburger. I've been using a lot of sriracha sea salt for the first time in the 30 years of my life. And I'll never go another year without it. But I need to know, Craig, when's the last time that you had a really good cheeseburger? Man, I... I think I probably, I think it was about last week. I, I went to my favorite brewery, had a nice thick cheeseburger with a fried egg and jalapeno and Swiss on top. Just absolutely delicious. That's my favorite one. I got to eat it after every win. The, the old jalapeno belt, because that's how we name burgers these days. <sighs> Take, taking a shot at our friend Bearcat there. But enough with that. Um, if you are listening to this today, and you are a member of the KCSN Substack. And if you are not, pause this, go sign up for that. Come back here. If you are a member of the KCSN Substack, free or paid, go to your email, check and see. There is a notification about a big party that we've got coming up on July 31st after Chiefs training camp at Holiday Distillery. There's going to be food there's going to be shirts there's going to be people to hang out with several of us so please please come join us it's the kcsn kickoff party it's going to be a really good time i think that we should all really show up and and take advantage of the fact that you know we got some some good stuff coming that that is free to you so go sign up go look for that on the kcsn substack at kcsn.substack.com 
And a couple other pieces of housekeeping. Well, speaking of this kickoff party, if you are subbed and you have purchased your nice little limited time corner zip hoodie or sweatshirt from the merch, the KCSN merchandise store, make sure to wear it. It's going to be hot. So if you want to tie it around your waist or just bring it, you know, we'll probably believe you too if you tell us. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we can probably know who you guys are that have subbed around right now. But bring that with you to this kickoff. It, you'll be you'll be taken care of, as BJ likes to say you'll be taken care of. I think that's exactly how he said it. And if you haven't got your KCSN merch right now, I know they have been backed up a little bit because you guys have been trying to get all of your hands on it. So if you haven't got any yet, if you're still waiting for your order to come in, guys, it's coming in right now. We've getting a ton of pictures on the KCSN Discord, on Twitter. You know, keep posting those to the Discord channel. Send them to us on Twitter. We love to see you guys getting the merchandise and just keep your eyes out there. There might be some new stuff popping up soon. Make sure that you get that quarters at putty, you know, before September 1st, because then it goes away. It's gone forever. If you're subbed right now and you want that sweatshirt, it's going to be gone September 1st. I know it's hot right now. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Come December, you're going to be missing it though. Come December, you're going to wish you had it and you're going to wish you showed up to events with it so you could be taken care of. Yes, you're going to want that. You're going to want that. All right, with that out of the way, let's get to some more of our positional previews. We've been talking about them so far this offseason. We've covered a whole bunch. We've been going back and forth between offense and defense. But because, once again, our good pal Ken Swanson isn't able to join us tonight, we decided to table the offense, the only side of the football that he will recognize. So Maddie and I are going to talk a little bit about the linebacker position. I think Ooh, another position... Let's go back to housekeeping then. I do. That's, <laughs> I'm kidding. I just had to get my linebackers joke in there. Yeah, I, I just think that it, it's an it's another position that there's a lot of question marks about. There's a lot of eh, maybe a little bit of up in the air about how the Chiefs linebacker rotation is going to go with the group that they have. So let's dive into it a little bit more and let's start with Anthony Hitchens, uh, the guy that's been here for now Steve Spagnuolo's reign the guy that's been the play caller, the Mike linebacker, that's really been the kind of on-field brains for Steve Spagnuolo. Lots of pre-snap adjustments, lots of calls, changing the fronts, making adjustments, all those things that he does pre-snap. And I think, personally, that he had his best year after, you know, all that pre-snap stuff last year, Maddie, Would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I think Anthony Hitchens was definitely coming on, you know, later on last year. It's his, it's his second year in a new system. This is a system he had never been in before. He went from Dallas, which was, you know, one thing. He comes over to Bob Sutton, which is the whole upside down other thing. And then he gets Steve Spagnuolo, which is like the entire opposite of that again. So he's been thrown all over the place and he still clearly did a lot better job than anybody else in the Chiefs roster in terms of calling the plays, making adjustments. And I think you saw as the year went on, you could clearly see him settling in, getting a lot more comfortable. And you started to see a few more of those flashes that you saw his first year with the Chiefs that you saw in Dallas that made you think that maybe he was kind of worth being that guy the Chiefs went out and got. He's clearly winning pre-snap. He's more than willing to take on blockers to make contact in the gap with the ball carrier or a blocker. So he fits a very specific role for this team, and he does it really, really well. I think, though, even last year during his best season, the Chiefs still took him off the field way too often for also bad coverage players. So I think that lets you know what they think about him when it comes to trying to cover guys, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I he acknowledged that this offseason. When, when the Chiefs put him in front of that in OTAs, one of the things that he said was that he needed to get better in coverage, that he needed to, to have to be that kind of player. And the way that he's tried to attack that this offseason is by dropping a little bit of weight. Now, Anthony Hitchens is not, not an especially dense guy. He's not one of these big, thick linebackers, but drop in that little bit of weight maybe makes him a little faster maybe can flash him to the flat a little bit better can maybe carry some of these vertical routes from some of these blocking tight ends a little bit better I don't think anybody's expecting a player like Anthony Hitchens to be able to match up with Travis Kelsey and take him away like no nobody's nobody's going to ask him to do that and Steve Spagnuolo certainly doesn't want him to do that so I think that I think he recognizes his limitations on that front and he's made a concerted effort to do it this year. Like Matty said, you know, he, he was in year two of the system. It was a year where they didn't get to meet a whole lot. They didn't get to do a whole lot of on-field work. So I do think that he was a little bit hampered by that, but you did see that he was kind of the clear cut leader within that front seven, as far as pre-snap adjustments goes, you consistently saw him making them, getting people in the right spots and stops getting made by those folks. It wasn't always Hitchens being the one that's stepping forward into the gap and making the play, but his adjustments were able to help get some of these guys into positive positions. I expect that to continue, obviously with a lot more on-field work this offseason. That will help. But yeah, like Maddie said, the question is in coverage for Anthony Hitchens. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing because... I I'm not the biggest Anthony Hitchens fan from the moment that Chiefs signed him. I was very hesitant because I went back and watched, and I essentially thought I saw a guy that was very similar to what we've got on the field so far in terms of play style. I do think that he's really surprised me with his ability to call the game for the Chiefs. There is a significant, and I cannot emphasize that word enough, a significant drop-off when anybody else takes over the play-calling duties on the early downs. Like There is a big gap between Anthony Hitchens and... Willie Gay, Ben Neiman, Damian Wilson, Reggie Rath, whoever else had been here. There was a big gap. Anthony Hitchens understands this scheme now. He understands the game of football really well. It's just, unfortunately, he's not the quickest. He's not the most explosive. He's not the fastest guy. And his feel and coverage is pretty limited to spot drop zones. And that's what gets him in trouble a lot of times in coverage. That's why he gets yanked off the field. But I am excited to see. He did come out and he said, hey, I came into camp. I came into this thing a little bit lighter this year because guys are throwing the ball all over the field. What am I going to do with 240 pounds against that? Let me show up 10, 5, 10 pounds lighter and see if that makes a difference because I know I haven't been as good as I need to be. So like, Here's a veteran, an NFL veteran who is making a good chunk of money, who's pretty good at what he's doing. He's like, hey, I think I can be better this way. Let me try it out. It's like you have to give him a round of applause for that. He's being self-aware on where his game stands right now. Yeah, and I think that he's been one of the biggest uh, – I think – the linebackers that have played next to him really have benefited by Anthony Hitchens being that guy. And one of those guys is a guy that the chiefs drafted in the second round last year, Willie Gay jr. Uh, and you want to talk about explosion. You want to talk about speed. You want to talk about playing behind the line of scrimmage. All of those things are what Willie Gay does exceptionally well, but he doesn't have 
a ton of reps right now. I, he didn't have a ton of reps at Mississippi State. Obviously, in a COVID offseason last year where they didn't get to do a whole lot of on-field work, he didn't earn the trust of the coaching staff immediately to where he can play significant snaps, knowing where he needs to be, being in the right spot, you know, so forth and so on. So he kind of got eased into things. And then right as he was starting to kind of turn the corner a little bit at the end of the year, he got hurt. So I I think that we are primed to see probably the biggest jump of any linebacker coming from Willie Gay himself, just because he's going to have a full offseason. He's going to get to play next to Anthony Hitchens and sit with Anthony Hitchens all offseason in the same room. So it's going to be a very beneficial situation for him to be. But Maddie, talk a little bit about what your expectations for are for Willie Gay, you know, essentially in year two, being able to take that game to the next level for. Well, I think that's the thing that people have to remember with Willie Gay. He came into the NFL playing in only like under 30 college football games. And of those 30 games, almost half of them, he was a very part-time player as a freshman working back in from suspensions and missing some time. He was barely playing full-time for, you know, 15 games of college football. Here's a guy that had very minimal college football experience who then didn't get the off season with the chiefs to prepare for not only the NFL, not only to play linebacker, but this particular scheme. So yeah, it makes sense that it took him a while to start to get on board, but you saw, you saw the natural athleticism, you know, looking at that mm. Denver game, there's some plays out there where you're like, Oh, nobody else could made those plays on this roster right now. But then you also watch you're like, but you're also going like 17 yards, the wrong direction every now and then. So I also get why they feel more comfortable putting Ben Neiman in your place. And so as the year went on, you're hoping to see that, you know, gradual increase. And I think you were getting it and then he got hurt. You don't know how the season was able to end for Willie Gay. I think that the one concern I have is that she still felt after seeing rookie Willie Gay, that they needed to go out and draft another linebacker. And we will get to that in a little bit. But they felt after drafting a linebacker in the top 63 picks, they were like, hey, we need to come back and do it again. That makes me a little nervous for maybe what they see his trajectory going forward. Because if you think after one season, Willie Gay is going to be this three down player, are you really going out there and selecting another linebacker? I don't know. So there might still be another three or four steps before they feel he's comfortable picking up the system. Yeah. I And I... I got comments on that that we will get to here a little bit with him. But sticking with Willie Gay, I think he's probably the most likely of any of these guys that we're going to talk about today to be able to match up in man coverage, to actually play that sort of man coverage just because from an athleticism standpoint, he can run with these guys. Like he is an elite tier tester and he plays behind the line of scrimmage and he can react and make adjustments that other linebackers can't like like maddie said that that denver play that the explosion to jump and high point that route from an underneath zone and take away that pass phenomenal i you don't see that sort of play but it's got a click for him anthony hitchens was having to kind of direct traffic next to him for most of the year last year when he was on the field. He was having to line him up, telling him where to go. That meant that Anthony Hitchens wasn't able to make some of the adjustments in the rest of the front, and you got to see that front suffer just a little bit. It, was, it wasn't awful, but just a little bit. 
Now, if Willie Gay can line up and know the playbook better, know what's happening a lot better, now all of a sudden Anthony Hitchin can organize the front better, Willie Gay can be in the right spots, you can start seeing him be that impact player, play behind the line of scrimmage, be able to drop in coverage. If you bite on that play action, you know, that play action fake, Willie Gay might be able to drop into coverage still because he's got that athleticism to be able to still drop into those zones and take see the Denver there. game. See the Denver game. He yeah, very much is out of position and he yes. still gets back into the right spot. Just an absolutely outstanding athlete. As he's eliminating those from his game, you can still put him on the field and know that he's going to make an impact. You just got to narrow those down a little bit more and help everybody else on the front. I fully expect that he's going to start. I actually think that he's probably going to be a nickel linebacker next to Anthony Hitchens. I think you're going to see those two for the majority of the snaps throughout the year. It just remains to be seen whether or not he's going to be that dime linebacker this year. And if there was one player that had played, let's say, less than 40% of the Chiefs snaps last year, so that would include rookies and then anybody that played less than 40% that would make the biggest impact for this Chiefs team this season. I mean, like, is there any other option besides Willie Gay? I I, I don't think so. I, I, I think he's the prime candidate to take that next step. Yes. Right. And I can't think of another position on this roster where there is a such an outlier in terms of physicals besides Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I, I can't think of another position where there is a player that has such an outlier of a physical skill besides Willie Gay at the linebacker position. So many other guys on this team are interchangeable with their physicality, with you know their, their athleticism. Willie Gay is different. He's different than everybody else in this roster as a linebacker. You just have to be able to, right now, because he's still trying to grow into learning how to play the position. Again, minimal college reps. You have to be able to get him into a position where you can wind him up and let him go. You just have to make sure he's going in the right direction. You can't actually point him every single snap. Anthony Hitchens can try. He tried last year. It wasn't <laughs> always effective. But like now you're at the point where if you can just get him wound up and get him to know which direction to go, you can deal with the couple miscues that are going to happen. You can deal with him playing behind a little bit, trying to recover. Because I do think that his future in the NFL, until we see a reason to believe otherwise, is going to be purely as a chase linebacker. As they see it, go get it linebacker. And heck, the NFL voted one of those as NFL execs voted one of those as the best linebacker in the NFL this offseason. So we might as well just keep championing Willie Gay. Next Devin White, two years from now, he'll be the best linebacker in the NFL to NFL executives because he runs fast. Uh, did, listen, <laughs> we, we're gonna we're gonna really get into some stuff with that. But no, he he is that level of athlete though. I mean, he really is. He's, he's that kind of elite athlete. And so, yeah, if you can get him on that page and on that kind of career arc, obviously that's, that's a steal, a massive steal from the chiefs. And there's the thing, Steve Spagnolo has willingly said a lot of times that he will accept mistakes, but you got to learn from them and you got to know why you did the things that you did and also, he'll take a guy that gambles maybe a little bit for that splash play to take that negative play over somebody that maybe just does is never going to make that negative play. I believe our, our good pal BJ Kissel said that, you know, and that's coming from a guy that knew Steve Spagnuolo and kind of knew his philosophy. So I do think that Willie Gay is going to get every opportunity to play for this team, is going to get every opportunity to get a lot of run for this year. 
So, well, and if you're a Chiefs fan, you're hoping that he takes that. I mean, you're obviously hoping yeah, he takes that big step absolutely. from the draft pick perspective, from getting lesser talented guys off the field. But you're also hoping that he takes that next big step because a newcomer to the Kansas City area, Nick Bolton, was another second round draft pick from the Kansas City Chiefs. And he is a new addition to Kansas City, kind of like McAdoodles is hoping to be. Craig, take us away. Yes, McAdoodles, our good friends, another sponsor of this show. We need to get them to Kansas City, just like the Chiefs went out of their way to get Nick Bolton to Kansas City. This is a Missouri entity that we need to get all over in Kansas City, not just on the Missouri side, but in both sides. Let's do this. Let's get them up into Kansas City, the surrounding areas. Take a chance on them. Elite customer service, elite selection. We just love McAdoodles and everything that they bring to the table. I mentioned it in, in this earlier week's uh, episode of the KC Laboratory about their Osage Beach location. I have heard multiple people that just found out about that that are excited because they have a McAdoodles in their area coming to their area immediately got amped knowing that they had a McAdoodles. Kansas City, you want to be like that too. You want that there. Just like the Chiefs are excited about Nick Bolton, a guy that I think is probably going to play against the run this year, but is probably going to be your eventual Anthony Hitchens replacement. So I do think, even though you know we talked about how Willie Gay is going to get all of these reps, and you know they they drafted another linebacker this year, I think this is a a kind of future move. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see Nick Bolton in the base. I think you're going to see him play against the run. And I think that he's got, he's certainly got the processing to do so and can play at a high level against the run. And I think you're going to give him the playbook and say, listen here, learn this. You're taking over next year and you and Willie Gay, this is the future at the linebacker position. We want you two to man this ship going forward and be able to run at the second level. Because what we've seen is the NFL is prizing these linebackers a lot more. We're seeing the, a lot more defenses have success by investing in the linebacker position. The Chiefs have done that now back-to-back -back years. I don't think that, that Nick Bolton spells anything you know specific for Willie Gay. I think it's more directed towards Anthony Hitchens, personally. Yeah, they just seem to be entirely different players when you start to watch. I mean, just... I know that Nick Bolton has some really good highlights where he's exploding downhill, making a big hit, and you can find that with Willie Gay and Nick Bolton. That's true. But I think if you really dial it back and you start to watch Nick Bolton move through space, move through more than just coming downhill into the scrum, he's very clearly a much lower-tiered athlete than Willie Gay. And that's not a massive knock because Willie Gay is an elite athlete for the yeah. linebacker position. Yeah. But Nick Bolton does just not move the same way. I understand the concept that if you're a defense in the modern NFL, linebackers are where you are getting the biggest mismatches. And that's where you need to bring up your level of play, athleticism to match what offenses are doing. I just don't know why you would double dip into pulling a guy that maybe isn't the better athlete than what you already have that you pull off the field for third downs. But that's a team building offseason podcast. We'll go there. Yeah. Nick Bolton this season. I would look at this season he seems picture perfect for the Sam role. You need to replace Damian Wilson or how Willie Gabe was used sometimes last season. 
You need a bigger bodied guy, which I mean, Bolton can play that way. Sometimes you need a guy that's willing to come downhill into the run fits. Who's willing to play into blockers aggressively. That's willing to go seek out contact. That's one of my drawbacks with Bolton. He doesn't always love that, but if he can do that for the chiefs, he has the play style. He has the frame to do. So I think he can, he just didn't always do it at Missouri partially because what they asked him to do, but you put him in that same role and you say, Hey, go beat up that fullback, go bleed up that tight end. I think he can do that. I think he can do that really well his first season. Let him get under Anthony Hitchens' wing. Let him start to learn how to write stuff down. Maybe you get a guy that's ready to take over for Anthony Hitchens and become your future Mike so you're not having to pay you know, a somewhat limited linebacker double-digit millions of dollars every single season. Yeah, that's uh, that's the key. It's about opportunity cost. And I think Nick Bolton at that point in the draft offered that because you can move on from another guy that you're paying a lot of money to that's not necessarily an elite player at his position. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that Nick Bolton will or will not become an elite player. I do like that Matty talked about his density. I, he's, he's certainly, he's not the longest player. He's not the tallest player, but he plays dense and he, he's got a very, yes, he's a very thick player. So it's using that against fullbacks, using that against tight ends, being able to stack and set an edge much like Damian Wilson did as well. Plus, what Steve Spagnuolo wants out of those types of guys, because he doesn't swap them as there's motion across the field. He wants Willie Gay and Nick Bolton to be able to kind of kick up and down, play that Sam, play that Will, both be able to do the things that he's going to ask them to do. And I do think that Nick Bolton can do that. Now, obviously, people are going to think of a Will linebacker and think of Willie Gay, think of Derek Johnson, these guys that that just have this pure speed and are chasing down guys. That's not necessarily how Steve Spagnuolo plays his Will linebackers. I just think that he is a, a very smart individual that's going to be able to pick up the playbook and be that linebacker for this base defense from snap one. I, I don't think that we're probably going to see Ben Neiman on the field in that same role, which he did play at times last year. I just don't think that we're going to see that. I don't think so either. I think you are going to get a lot of Nick Bolton, Anthony Hitchens, and Willie Gay together. I don't know when else you're going to get Nick Bolton on the field at that point in time. Like, unless Willie Gay really starts to struggle with picking up the playbook for a second year in a row, and Nick Bolton is just blowing you away. Because I don't think you could put Anthony Hitchens and Nick Bolton out in the field together in a nickel package. I think you're just losing too much athleticism. So, like, Nick Bolton is competing with presumably Ben Neiman kind of as that Sam linebacker in base downs. I would give the edge to Nick Bolton right here, right now. But Bolton's an interesting case study. I went back and kind of reviewed him for the KC Sports Network Substack. You know, you can go back and find my Nick Bolton reviews. When I was going through, it's really it's really tricky. First of all, I'm sorry, they're really long. I get really nerdy about linebacker stuff. So that's first. (laughs) Second, Nick Bolton's an interesting guy because a lot of his best plays come from the weak side of the formation when he's simply just getting to run and chase. And I think that's absolutely fine. The problem is at the NFL level, I don't think he's got the athletic profile to play Will. He can't be a wind him up and let him go player at the NFL level because he's just not that fast. He doesn't have that kind of change of direction. He's not a guy that's going to play in that role. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Chiefs are able to 
transition his mindset from scraping or slipping every single block from trying to just flip his hips and sprint towards the sideline every single play and instead try to get him to always come downhill, be willing to take on contact without always being the guy to come in last to clean up the play. If he can do that, if he can flip that switch in his head, I think he's really well suited to play that same role and then transition to take Anthony Hitchens' mic role, which is a lot more physical than how he played at Missouri most of the time. He's ready. He can take that role as early as next year because I do think he's a smart player. It's just really odd to watch a guy of that skill set play the way he did at Missouri. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the coaching staff asking him to do that for certain. Like, we, we don't mean to say, oh, yeah, no, he's just choosing to do that. But one Correct. of the things that we haven't mentioned about Nick Bolton is his coverage ability. And I think that was kind of one of the things that everybody hounded on when he was drafted. That was a, that was a big topic of conversation because, like Maddie said, I mean, we're just talking about him in the base. He's not necessarily an elite coverage linebacker. He is primarily a hook zone dropper, and he doesn't have a whole lot of width to his zones as well. He's pretty good at reading the quarterback's eyes, but he doesn't necessarily have a good feel and a good, you know, he doesn't cover a whole lot of space while he's dropping, while he's reading the quarterback's eyes. Not to say he can't develop something like that, but that's where he is right now. And based on some of the things we heard out of OTAs, that's kind of where he still is. Now, Nick Bolton is a good run defender. He really is. And and I think that we're going to see him really come alive the moment that they put, put pads on this kid. And so I do think that we're going to start to really see the complete picture with him. But as it stands right now, he's probably going to be limited to, you know, at, a one or two down player in the NFL as long as he is. Now, you got Willie Gay, and obviously if the Chiefs are going to play dime on third downs, that's the guy that you want on the field because he is the good athlete. He can cover. He can, you know, be able to, you know, make plays on the ball and things like that. But you would hope with that second round pick, you would hope that that's a guy that you can count on to maybe step in and take some of those coverage reps away from some guys that frankly aren't great at coverage as it stands right now. Well, and my issue, like the best way I can explain Nick Bolton and coverage, especially just in zone, like there's one thing to be not a great man coverage linebacker. Like that's very common for the NFL. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys are that there's very few good man coverage linebackers in the NFL, but to be a good zone coverage guy, you have to cover a lot of space. And I don't just mean like by your athleticism, but you got to know when, you know, this player released with this kind of stem to your right, he might be coming behind you. So you have to feel that route coming in, what depth it might be. And that's just, Nick Bolton hasn't got there yet. His impact in zone coverage is so small. Like if you have to equate it to an eclipse, he would be like a lunar eclipse. You have to wait that millisecond for the moon to get in front of the sun. And then it's over in a jiffy because that's when you pass you know, his zone versus somebody like Willie Gay, who is a lot more athletic but he does have a pretty good natural feel and zone. He covers a lot more space. He understands that if a player's crossing behind him to the right, maybe I slide to the left and I can stay in the way. That's something Nick Bolton just still is trying to grasp and be a little bit more active. But that's not to say that he can't be effective. He can't learn it. I'm excited to see Nick Bolton specifically to keep the next guy I think we have to talk about, Ben Neiman, off the field here. And this is nothing against Ben Neiman. I think he's been put in a very difficult spot. 
Chiefs have essentially said, hey, we have no good coverage linebackers. We have nobody besides Anthony Hitchens that can call this defense. So it's on you, buddy. And he's done the best that he can. And it's just, unfortunately, he's not great in coverage. He's not great versus the run. He's very clearly a guy that should make rosters based on his special team's ability and his willingness to work. And he's been put into a lot of big snaps for the Chiefs. I think they are really trying to peel back those snaps as much as possible. When you are the dime linebacker and you get to play with Patrick Mahomes on your team, you get to see a lot of snaps, especially in a Steve Spagnuolo defense that is very willing to go into dime because it puts more safeties, more cornerbacks on the field. That's his bread and butter. He gets to run the coverages that he wants to run from that. Ben Neiman is your dime linebacker. And I think as it stands right now, Ben Neiman is probably your dime linebacker for 2021 as well, because once again, he's making the calls. He's getting everybody on the same page. He's making adjustments. He's calling blitzes in the hurry-ups. He's calling stunts, games up front in the hurry-ups. He's making sure everybody's running the right coverage on the back end. We know that Spagnuolo mixes and matches at a hurry-up to try and get guys like Tyron Matthew into, into the hole and try and rob some routes and make plays. Ben Neiman is responsible for making sure that everybody is doing that. So, the guy that we all want to see on the field and Willie Gay Jr. has to take that step to take that away from him. Steve Spagnuolo implicitly trusts Ben Neiman to make sure that all those guys are going to be in the right spots, that they're going to run the kinds of blitzes, games, coverages that he wants. And that's why he's there. I, I know if it was anybody else, you know, Anthony Hitchens would be out there and all of, you know, Chiefs Twitter, Chiefs Kingdom, Chiefs whatever would not like what he's doing out there either. There's just not a whole lot of good options for that position. And unfortunately, this year, they didn't rectify it. That's that's me trying to say, that's why Ben Neiman's on the field. That, that's probably the number one question I get when I'm breaking down the defense. Why is Ben Neiman there? Ben Neiman's there because he's basically Steve Spagnuolo's right hand when they are playing against hurry-up offenses, late in the game because he knows that Ben Neiman can make the calls against the pass to ultimately stop the team. Now, the question is, after the snap, that, 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 that's when things don't go so great for the man. Well, And the question is always, why isn't Willie Gay out there? Why isn't Willie Gay out there to be faster? Yeah. Because the issue with Ben Neiman is you clearly see him, okay, one, his tackling is atrocious. Two, yeah. you clearly see there's times where he just physically can't get to the spot that he needs to because he's not a good athlete. So the immediate response is put the best athlete out there. Mm -hmm. And just like the rebuttal to that, and I think Craig was touching on it, is somebody does have to tell the defensive line, hey, slide this way, do this. Oh, they just went in motion. This is how we adjust to that. Like, And I understand the concept that it should be Tyron Matthew can help with that. He can help. What do you want Tyron Matthew to run from his deep safety spot up to the defensive line and tell them what to do? Like somebody has to be able to communicate through that second level. And right now, Ben Neiman is the most trusted guy to do it. He understands the plays. He understands the adjustments to the plays. And he generally knows where he needs to be. Can he get there? Not really. Can he, you know, whether he knows his assignment or not, he can't always follow through with it, but he knows it. And for NFL coaches, that matters because it's not only he's not hurting the rest of the players. 
Willie Gay being out there or Nick Bolton or somebody else that doesn't know all the calls or adjustments, not only might they hamper their own gameplay, they might also, you know, slow down the other 10 defenders on the field at the same time because they aren't all going to be on the same page. So there is some level of cohesion that does matter. It's it's the question of would you would you rather have one guy who's a little bit of a hole, but 10 guys that are all on the same page and your elite defenders are on the same page? Or would you rather have 11 guys that aren't all on the same page and it leads to more coverage busts? And I mean, it it's a delicate balance. It really is. And so that's why you see Ben Neiman on the field. That's why Ben Neiman is the guy that's being the Mike linebacker when Anthony Hitchens got hurt the past two years. Now, I don't know that that'll be the case this year. I, I, I do think that Nick Bolton has an argument especially if these injuries to Anthony Hitchens, if they occur again, and hopefully they don't. I I think that later in the year, Nick Bolton might be that guy. But as it stands right now, Ben Neiman has been that guy recently, once again, illustrating Steve Spagnuolo just trusts that he would rather have everybody on the same page rather than putting the guys out there that are maybe going to make the splash plays. And I realized that I just said about Willie Gay that making the splash plays and all that, you got to be close enough <laughs> to the right thing to be able to get on the field for Spagnuolo. Well, and there's a big difference between making the splash plays when you have someone next to you telling everybody else what to do and when you're Bingo. the only guy out there having to tell everybody else what to do. It's like there's a big gap there. I think the Chiefs are definitely going to lean towards, hey, if you can go out there with this other really smart linebacker and they can get everybody else on the same page, you just want to run around and make plays and you, you learn from your mistakes, two thumbs up, let's go, versus, hey, go out there and we have nobody else to control the situation to get everybody on the same page. So I think that's where the gap is. I'm hoping you see around week six, seven, eight, Willie Gay start to eat into some of these dime reps. Like, I'm hoping you get it. I would rather see Anthony Hitchens playing the dime. I don't think he's great in coverage, but I still think he's a better mind than Ben Neiman is. I'd rather see him out there. Anybody but Ben Neiman. I got, after all of this, where we told you why Ben Neiman's playing, I want to tell you I would do everything I can to get him off the field. That's no slight to him as a person. I just think he's a special teams player in the NFL. A good one, but a special teams player. Now, Craig, is there anybody else in this linebacker room that you want to touch on? Yeah, I got one more guy, a, a guy that we kind of saw come on at linebacker. Ah, uh, you got my guy year. too. Yeah, minds, Colin Saunders. Minds. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, no, Darius Harris, uh, a guy that I think has, has earned some reps with this team. Like he's earned at least a competition spot in this linebacking core. He was a guy that was tasked with playing the Sam linebacker for this team. And due to injuries, basically ended up having to be the Mike linebacker in the middle of the Atlanta Falcons game and had to make a whole bunch of calls for a complex Steve Spagnuolo defense that Spagnuolo obviously rolled some stuff back on. But I thought that he really... He really acquitted himself well. I, I I felt like thrust into the position that he was, he showed that he was a gamer. He showed he was competitive and a guy that I want in the rotation. I Not necessarily an elite athlete, not a guy that's really going to come out there and wow and, you know, be a, a stud linebacker. But, you know, with the guys that they have in this room, Darius Harris has just as much right to get some reps in this group as 
anybody else, you know, that's kind of maybe on the fringe of this roster. Yeah, and even taken from that Atlanta game where he was playing with some starters, the next week against the Chargers, the final week Mm -hmm. of the season, he played the Mike linebacker that essentially the entire game, and he was the guy tasked with making the calls. And I'm not saying they were always perfect, but you could very clearly see him attempting to communicate, attempting to make adjustments. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, he was probably right more than he was wrong, seeing the defense didn't look awful <laughs> and he wasn't yanked off the field. Like you could see him trying to communicate. He had a quality game. Like he looked like he definitely belonged out there competing against some of the Chargers starters that were playing in this game. So like, I'm excited to see him. I hope he's not phased out because he was only a part-time special teams player. So I hope he doesn't get phased out with the addition of Nick Bolton and not just being this full-time special team star like a Dorian O'Daniel or a, you know, a Ben Neiman have been. Because I like Darius Harris. I think he's a guy that could you know provide quality depth at the linebacker position. He seems like he's bulked up a lot since being in the NFL. I think he's pushing 240 pounds, so that gives you another option at Sam or Mike. So I, he's the guy I would have gone with. I do want to throw a little shout out. You know, they got some rookies. Riley Cole, I think, is going to come in and try to compete for some special teams reps, some depth spots. Good Zane Anderson. Team. Yeah, I wanted to go to Zane Anderson, safety technically out of BYU, and he's only listed at about 210 pounds, six foot two. But I think his skill set is a lot more linebacker than it is safety. I think people are going to make the connection to Dan Sorensen real quick with him. And no, like if you want to make a Dan Sorensen connection out of a linebacker, try Devin Key, I think, is he's bigger, but like that's a lot closer of a skill set. Zane Anderson, I think, is just a sleeper guy to transition to like a dime-type linebacker. I think he is a smarter player, judging by his tape at BYU. You want to see a guy that maybe gets some surprise reps in that role on you know trash games later on at the end of the season when it's garbage time? Zane Anderson's a guy to keep an eye on that could eventually be a Ben Neiman-type replacement. Yeah, I, I like all those guys. I also like that you brought up that Chargers game that uh, the Chargers Twitter account is very fond of. Beat... Beating the Chiefs backups, really using I'll that. I'll to... see it when I believe it. See it when I believe it, and we will see you guys and believe you guys next week when we are back with the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much to Emprise Bank for sponsoring this. Macadoodles for giving us a shout as well. We appreciate all of you. We'll catch you later. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.